these guys. It's my theme music. Every good hero should have some. All right, everyone, this is Tim with Online Big Blue, bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. It's November 9th, Tuesday, day two of the bye week. What are we buying this week? Hopefully some healthy players. Hey-o, uh, I want to talk about Jason Garrett today. Is he holding back Daniel Jones and why he is the right OC for this team and what he did on Sunday that is gravely overlooked by a segment of Giant fans and, and, and his change in philosophy mid-game, not even mid-game within the first quarter, actually helped the Giants win this game. But some people just will, will never look at it before their hatred of him and their love for Daniel Jones. Oh, my goodness. I have a little housekeeping chore, though. Um, you'll notice a join button. You can join now. OG Online Big Blue. It's $1.99 a month. I wanted to make it free, but of course, YouTube doesn't let you do anything for free. Um, basically, what it's going to be is I wanted to create an area for a segment of our subscribers where you can get exclusive content. And what the content's going to be in the beginning is two minutes with Online Big Blue. We're going to do like two or three of those videos a week. Those videos will be exclusively for the first couple of days on the OG Online Big Blue, uh, whatever section, whatever we call it, members only section. We'll also do a members only stream and a few other things once it once it gets more than like two people in it. So, but like I said, I kind of wanted to give back again, but the problem is, like I said, you couldn't do it for free. Yeah, but it is it is what it is. But it's a dollar ninety nine. So hopefully, what you know, what we'll probably do is we'll probably just end up giving the money to the Philadelphia Children's Hospital. Something we'll do something like that. Also, it looks like I'll be on with the bad dog on his channel uh, this Thursday, uh, probably after 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. I don't, I don't know the, what the details are being carved out as we speak. But let's talk about Jason Garrett. So many people hate Jason Garrett. So many people blame Jason Garrett for the woes and outrageous misfortunes of Daniel Jones. And, and it, it's, he is an easy person to target because of the fact that he was, of course, the Dallas Cowboys head coach. People will point to his failures in Dallas uh, during the playoffs. They won't point to the fact that he actually helped develop Tony Romo and Dak Prescott and had some of the number, you know, had top five ranked offenses. But we, we, we don't want to talk about that because he is so easy just to be Jason Garrett. Scapegoat. He could be the scapegoat for Joe Judge fans. He could be the scapegoat, scapegoat for Daniel Jones fans. He can be everything. Now, one thing that people seem to overlook yesterday on Sunday is the philosophy or the game plan for the Giants literally changed within the first, I would say, two offensive series. They, and this is something that the Giants haven't done in, 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 I would say, the last 36 months. The Giants, if you've watched this team over the last three years or the last 40 years, whatever I watched them for, they used early in the 80s and 90s on the Parcells and Tom Coughlin, the team was, did well at making adjustments during halftime. They also did well under, especially Parcells, making in-game adjustments, which helped their team, you know, avoid being outscored, avoid having, being taken advantage of. And they haven't done that recently. They haven't done that, I would say, since going back to the McAdoo-Doo. They, they don't make pregame, they don't make, excuse me, I mean, uh, adjustments well during halftime, and they don't make in-game adjustments very well. Jason Garrett needs to be credited with the fact that he saw early on that both Matt from Connecticut and Nate Solder were getting wrecked on the outside. 
that they were not being able to contain the outside rush, which is what the Raiders are known for. The Raiders barely blitz, and they usually only bring four guys, and those four guys generate their rush. And he saw immediately within the first couple of series that there was no way that they could contain that rush from the outside on a consistent basis. So what did he do? He regained planned on the fly with Devontae Booker and ran the ball and started coming up with a north-south offense. And that's why Daniel Jones only threw the ball nine times in the first half and he was nine for nine. Now, of course, the Raiders adjusted more halftime-wise to what we were doing, what we were scheming. We tried to throw the ball a little bit more with Daniel Jones, and that still didn't work because Daniel Jones doesn't know how to look downfield. And people say, his offensive line is terrible. The Raiders have a worse offensive line than we do. There's plenty of teams. The Bears have a worse offensive line than we do. Look what happened yesterday. But we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into that. But Jason Garrett literally adjusted his offensive game plan to a north-south running game with Booker. Because he saw immediately there was no way that we can contain the rush. And he was smart enough to figure out that Patrick's Graham defense was playing well enough that he could try to ground and pound. Now, why it's not sexy, why, but it gets the job done. You maintain control. You take the ball out of Daniel Jones' hands. And you are not allowing him to create the turnover which normally comes when he is under duress in the pocket. It's plain and simple. And most people don't or will never give Jason Jason Garrett credit for doing this, seeing what the Raiders were doing, seeing seeing that neither Nate nor Matt could handle the rush, the outside rush, and he adjusted his game plan. You have to give him credit for that. You got to give him credit for that. You got to give him all the credit in the world for that. Because it's knowing, what you, it's knowing what you have as a team and then playing to the strengths. Sometimes you're playing to the strengths per quarter. Sometimes you're playing to the strengths a series. Sometimes you play the strengths for a game. But he understood there was no way that his line could hold up on the onslaught of two players. <laughs> That's why onslaught of two players. Listen, Unique Ngagwe is good, but he's not that good. But he was good enough to understand, same with Crosby, that the Giants would not be able to hold the edge against the outside rush. So you got to give Jason credit. You got to give Jason Garrett credit for that. You do. You could hate him. You could you could want to fire him. You could think he's holding back Daniel Jones. But you have to give him credit for having the offensive wherewithal to understand the situation and change it mid-fly during the game. I want to talk about Daniel Jones and Jason Garrett because a lot of people are like, well, Jason Garrett's holding back Daniel Jones. People always point out Daniel Jones' 24 touchdowns that first rookie season. But they always seem to forget that 13 of those touchdowns came in three games. They came against the Jets, the Lions, and, and Washington. Now, if you break down the other nine games that he started that rookie season and subtract those games, and I always love it because people are like, you can't subtract the games. Yeah, you can. Because it because it, 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 it kind of it kind of throws off the picture of Daniel Jones. So if you just subtract those three games, look at the other nine. Daniel Jones had eleven touchdowns and twelve interceptions and nine million four hundred sixty eight fumbles. Fumbles. So those three games really kind of throw off Daniel Jones's stats and make him look much better than he was. 
And you got to remember, we lost to the Lions and we lost to the Jets and we barely beat Washington in overtime. And then if you take a look at his other body of work, his other 32 games, he's 30 touchdowns and 27 interceptions, which is fairly consistent with his first nine games subtracting the Lions, Jets, and Washington game. So there really is, is not much of a progression with Daniel Jones, even via his rookie season. I mean, you beat a bad Lions team. You lost to a bad Lions team. You lost to a bad Jet team. And you barely beat Washington. So there's not, there really hasn't been a progression since Shermer. And there's only a three-game progression under Shermer because if you look at the other nine games, he was inconsistent at best. And we've said this a million times. And one of the brilliant things of Pat Shermer is he's a better offensive coordinator than he ever is going to be a head coach. Because like Jason Garrett did in, in the Las Vegas game, he can dissect things. He can play to the strengths of his players. And he knew that Daniel Jones was a rookie one-read quarterback. So he made his reads very simplistic. And I've said this a million times. When you are a one-read quarterback, when you're red striping, you are going to have days where everything works, where everything clicks, where you're going to throw 13 touchdowns in three games. Because sometimes things just work out that way. It's the law of averages. But going with the law of averages, you are more than likely going to have worse games being a one-read quarterback because the defenses are going to figure, figure you out. And I've said this a million times about players. There's a reason why players have a sophomore slump. It's because of the fact that the league gets film on them. The offensive or defense coordinators get film on the player. They adjust to that player. And a lot of times the players do not adjust until later into their sophomore season. I've always said it. It's better for a player to have an okay to bad rookie season because more than likely, a lot of times that player, unless they were just picked totally wrong, are going to have a better second year. It's, it's just the way it plays out. Look at Andrew Thomas. Everyone blasted Andrew Thomas, and he was playing at a high level till he got hurt. But Daniel Jones is not being held back by the offensive coordinator. He's not being held back by the Giants. He's just not that good right now. Will he ever be that good? I don't know, but you can't tell me 203 yards, 110 yards is a good player. And then people are going to point to the offensive line and this and that. Even when he had his full complement of weapons, he still wasn't looking downfield. He was still checking off the ball. Go watch, and I've said it a million times, go watch the Kurt Warner breakdown of the Washington game. That will tell you everything you need to know about Daniel Jones. That was a 14-minute video. Two minutes of the video was about Jason Garrett. The other 12 minutes was about what Daniel Jones wasn't doing. And, and the Daniel Jones fans only took the first two minutes of the video and, and kind of neglected or forgot about the last 12 minutes. And this is from an NFL Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback telling you these things. But I love it because fans know better than him. Fans know better than Kurt Warner. That's what cracks me up. Daniel Jones is, is a good kid. You want to see him succeed. You, 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 you want to see him. You, you want to see him be the Giants quarterback because of the fact, like I've said it a million times, I've been saying it for three years now. If he's not the guy, then the Giants made a mistake with the sixth overall pick. And more times than not, when you're picking a franchise quarterback, even in the first round, you're going to swing and miss more than you're going to hit the ball, then you're going to hit a home run. And you can't skew Daniel. And like I said, Daniel Jones' stats are slightly skewed with those 13 touchdowns in those three games. 
And people are going to always be like, well, you can't, you can't delete, you can't remove those three games because that's part of his career. All right, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a case in point. I was a horrible baseball player. I was a horrid baseball player. Terrible. But I was a good defensive player, so, so that's why I played. First game, first game of the season, I go three for three. Fluke. <laughs> one was a bunt single, one was, like a, one was like a flare, and I don't remember what the other one was. I went three for three, though. Looked great. No, I really didn't, but <laughs> three for three is three for three. I then proceed to go one for 16 over the next four games. So I'm still four for 19. So does that one game make me an all-star? Because I was still batting almost 200? No, I was horrid the next four games. I was terrible. I was God. I was, I was God awful the next four games. But statistically, I did not look that bad because I went three for three in one game. Just, just throwing that out there. Why is Jason Garrett the right OC for this team? I'm going to tell you why. Because he took enough crap in Dallas, being the head coach, not, not winning the games like he should have. Parcells didn't win in Dallas. Parcells didn't have a very, a very extensive playoff career in Dallas as well. But people, people failed to point that out. But he failed. He 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 supposedly failed in Dallas, which I don't believe because I don't believe you're if you're the coach of the year and you, you make the playoffs that you're a failed head coach, even if you have issues in the playoffs. But he faced the slings and arrows of the press in Dallas, and then he comes over to the Giants, knowing that he is going to be second fiddle to a special teams coordinator and first time head coach. That takes a lot of. That just takes, that just takes, I mean, so to me, that, that shows the kind of man he is, that he's willing to step down and relegate himself to the OC when there's an inexperienced head coach above him and not say anything and never say anything and never say anything derogatory, never, never point any, any of Joe Judge's flaws out, none of that. It take it takes, a, it takes a special person to do that. Jason Garrett, if you look at some of his game plans going back even to last year, he, he game plans quite well at times. But the issue is, is execution. You can go back to the Evan Ingram drop. You can go back to the Tampa game where Daniel Jones never looked at Darius Slayton. There, there's, there's a lot of games you can point out to. You could also point out to the Seattle game, which was kind of reminiscent of the Oakland game, Oakland game the Las Vegas game, because of the fact that he had a game plan. He stuck with it, and he won the game, and his offense won the game. They won the game. So he has the ability to make these adjustments. Now, it's not going to be the sexy offense that people want it to be, but the issue is, in fact, I've said this a million times, I do not think the edict to have Daniel Jones not be the one to turn the ball over, not be the one that causes the Giants to lose a game, is coming from Jason Garrett. I still believe that it's coming from the head coach's philosophy, and that's Joe Judge. Limit your quarterback's mistakes, play good defense, try to run the ball with your banged-up offensive line, and hopefully you get some turnovers and you can win some close games. And you don't put the ball in Daniel Jones's hand for him to create the error or create the mistake because they, they know he is a mistake. Still to this day, he is a mistake prone quarterback. 
And like I said, I don't feel like this is strictly coming from Jason Garrett. I believe, like I said, this is coming down from Mount Olympus. From our old buddy, Joe Judge, which would make sense as part of his offensive philosophy, because most people have this misconception because, you, you know, they don't know a lot about football in reference to how it's run as a team. You're running your offense off an offensive philosophy from the head coach. Your offensive coordinator, I've said it many times, isn't just sitting there going, ha, 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 I'm going to run what I want to run. No, there is an offensive philosophy that is game planned the week before about how they're going to attack an opponent. And I believe the offensive philosophy is coming from Joe Judge, but the person who is taking the slings and arrows from the press and the fans is going to be Jason Garrett. And Jason Garrett has been doing this now for two years. He is, he is held up to everything. He is not going to be replaced as your play caller because of the fact that the team and Joe judge understands that he is going to be a good soldier and he is going to take what the press and the fan base gives him or doles out to him and the blame that he is going to take as well. Cause he's already gone through it as the head coach of Dallas. And again, this is Tim with the Online Big Blue, bringing you the best at New York Giants Sports Talk and Entertainment. And as always, if you can like, if you subscribe, ring that play, do it means that'd be awesome.